BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hello, ladies and jamsters. A lot has happened since I've seen you last. Uh... Kudos to Matthew and Sons Geek two games ago for holding the mantle and covering that game. And uh, for those of you who follow us every game or listen after every game, you'll notice that we didn't have one after the Suns defeated the Miami Heat. It it was a rough week. Uh, I'm sure that you all know, and if, if you don't, Dave King passed away this past weekend. Good friend of the show great friend of the show, you know, our son's daddy, uh, passed and it hit hard. Uh, he's a friend, you know, he's more than just somebody who I knew through son's channels. He's somebody who took a chance on Matthew and myself by giving us an opportunity to take this podcast and to put it in front of you with more regularity. He added some validity to what we were doing, recording out of my garage once upon a time. And seeing the impact following his passing once we released it via Bright Side of the Sun, I knew that I wasn't alone. Everybody had a story about Dave King and how he went out of his way to make you feel special, to make you feel understood, to communicate with you about the Phoenix Suns to spread the word and spread the knowledge and just to show that he cared. So we are all connected because of what Dave King did and what Dave King meant. Unfortunately, I knew for quite some time that Dave had some health issues. It's one of the reasons he stepped away from the solar panel in December of 2022. I was honored and blessed to be on his final show there. And ultimately he stepped down as the managing editor of Brightside this past June and gave me the reins of that website as well. And I knew that those were going to be huge shoes to fill. And they have been. And I've done it with as much effort and grace and uh, care that I hope that Dave would be proud of. Because you want to make somebody who takes a chance on you like Dave did for me, you want to make them proud. And hopefully, he's looking down on us and he's seeing the outpouring of love that he's receiving from the Suns community, from Suns owner Matt Ishbia, who issued a statement yesterday, from the Phoenix Suns tonight during the broadcast, mentioning him and that statement made by Matt Ishbia, by Devin Booker on his Instagram, by everybody in Suns media, by people outside of Suns media, by SB Nation and their CEO, making sure that Dave's, Dave's memory won't go 
without everybody knowing how important he was to everybody. We should all hope that we leave that kind of impact on the people that we come across in this life. This is just basketball. These are just games. But if it wasn't for this basketball, if it wasn't for these games, the connection that we made wouldn't exist. And I wouldn't have had an opportunity to meet one of the most influential people in my life. That's who Dave King was, at least to me. He's somebody special to everybody, to every listener, to every reader of Brightside. You know what Dave King meant to you. And just remember that. So let's hashtag for Dave King. Let's go win one, Phoenix Suns. Let's go win a ring for him. I'm going to miss him dearly. I'm going to miss my friend. I'm going to miss talking to him, shooting the shit, him breaking down basketball in a way that only he could. One of the most fun things to do. And some of you know, because a lot of you have sent me personal chats that you were having with Dave, you know, the last conversation and he's just talking ball and he's breaking it down in a way that you're just like, yeah, I guess I didn't look at it that way. He always looked at it just a little bit different. I love that about him. And I'm going to be very, very sad to not have that point of view in my life when I'm analyzing things and I'm getting, I'm getting flustered and I'm getting pissed off about something that the sons are doing, going to Dave and be like, can you believe this? He's like, yeah, I can. Have you looked at it this way? So we're going to miss that without a doubt. So I'm going to bring in my good buddy, Matthew. Welcome to Sun's Jam Session Podcast. RIP to the king. Um, <laughs> I can't do it. Sorry. I don't know. But. It's it's tough. It's been tough. I uh, I y- yesterday was really tough. Um, just seeing the support, um, I cried all day long. Just you know the notifications coming through and seeing what Dave King meant to everybody. Everybody, he meant something to everybody. And the best thing that we can all do is just honor what Dave meant and who he was and how we operated. Uh, so, I mean. We don't need to tell you to like, subscribe, rate, review, all those fun things. Dave wouldn't have. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you 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 know. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm like uh, <clears throat> your wife, my sister Shannon. You know, when she gets upset, she'll just start crying like so quickly. So I don't know. I obviously have a lot to say, but I don't know if I can say it right now. So I apologize. Do you know what Dave would say to you right now? Fuck. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Some proper 12 whiskey for one of the most proper men I ever knew to Dave King, ladies and gentlemen. Crack him if you got him. Let's do what Dave would have wanted us to do. Let's talk basketball. Sons basketball. Phoenix Suns go to Brooklyn, New York. Take care of business. Kevin Durant returns to Brooklyn. And the Suns win 136 to 120 in this game. Uh, Something that Dave would have been proud of. And just know, everybody, Dave got to see some good Suns basketball uh, prior to his departure, if you will. Suns were on a seven-game winning streak. uh, And he he was enjoying it. You know, I went and I saw him when he was in hospice and you know, although he couldn't 
communicate much. He just said, this is so cool, talking about them Phoenix Suns. A win tonight in Brooklyn, which brings me to my first question. Oi, Matty. Mate, I've got to ask. All right. Trying to get rid of the emotions, trying to talk about basketball, Matthew. Letting that whiskey hit me a little bit. (laughs) Uh, So I got to ask, playing against Brooklyn, going back, seeing the Twins, Kevin Durant, going back. And you look at the, the Brooklyn Nets, and they're kind of a small ball athletic team. Nick Claxton is the five. After watching the Nets play tonight, knowing that you are a fan of Nick Claxton, do you think that he is in any way, shape, or form an answer for the Suns? No. Um, I know he's one of those players. Um, he wants to be Defensive Player of the Year. He wants to be at least a first-team Defensive Player of the Year. Someone that I thought would be a great fit for the Suns organization, but a lot of these guys are great fits on that team. Um, they just need the help. Uh, I think Claxton has it in him to be a really great defender. Obviously, he's very long. Against a guy like Nurk who can body him, uh, he's kind of helpless. But yeah. He's a guy that, you know, he, he just needs the help, just like a Mikhail. You know, Mikhail's not a number one. He's a number two or maybe a number three, but he needs the help next to him. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think that – um, I don't know. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I think it's it, it's an interesting point of view because as, as you watch Claxton tonight, in the, in the first quarter, he was really – jumpity if you will it's not even a word he's jumpity he's he's bouncing around he's finding himself open cam Thompson, cam thomas and him are utilizing the pick and roll effectively and he's scoring kind of at will and you're like geez man nick claxton god i really wish the suns would have kind of uh, uh held on to him and then as time progresses throughout the game you realize yeah like it's it's a problem that the Suns have had in the past because everything that you just described is kind of DeAndre Ayton esque, right? He's long, he's athletic, you know, like, but but he he can't from an interior size standpoint, he just isn't it. He's not what you need. You need size on the interior, and kudos to the Suns for recognizing that tonight and then utilizing that against the Nets, and that's what allowed them to in in spurts take care of the Nets and go at them aggressively on the interior, which allowed the exterior game to start playing. So Nick Claxton was uh, a good reminder that even if there's athletic bigs, which we know Nurkic can have trouble with, if the adjustment is made correctly, you can actually take advantage of them. He will get hurt defensively on those guys, but you can also go at them offensively take them out of their game because now they're going to have to spend their energy trying to defend Nurk, who's going to bully them around. And that's exactly what the big dude did tonight, man. He w- he was definitely, in every way, shape, and form, Nurkalicious. Nurkalicious definition, make them boys go crazy. Oh. 28 points. For Yusuf Nurkic, he had 11 rebounds. He had six assists, two blocks, and a steal. 11 of 15 from the field. Yusuf Nurkic, it was nice to see him actually be utilized in a game plan and an adjustment from Frank Vogel. Because you see that a lot in the modern NBA, right? And we've seen it with Yusuf Nurkic, where he has a mismatch on the interior. He's bigger than the opposing defender. But the Suns will settle for jump shots. They'll settle for perimeter play. And he'll 
waste his energy setting screens and then not necessarily having the energy to go grab the rebounds on both the offensive and defensive end, which leads to its own set of problems. And to see them utilize him in the game plan in that adjustment starting the second quarter and abuse the interior, utilize switching to get people like Mikhail Bridges and Cam Johnson on him was really a great adjustment by Frank Vogel in this game. Yeah, it was it was actually awesome because you really watch those second quarters and even in the fourth quarters how this team can develop and if they're going to need help, right? They're, they're going to have to live with these lineups even without Grayson Allen on the court and you have Bradley Beal with that mask on. So it's kind of like you're missing a couple of guys out there. Um, the way that uh, Nurk performed tonight with eight straight points in the second, it was just awesome because he wants the ball every time. And then defensively, the whole game, even if they're up 15 or 20 points, he's going to still make sure that at the rim it's going to be contested. And um, the eight straight points was good, but it just reminds me of, you know, DeAndre Ayton, who was here. He he get four or six straight points, right? But then and he would that's just all you see him from and the, the rest of the game. He would hide. He would hide. He would go to the other side. He wouldn't. He had no interest. He's like, no, everyone else can get theirs. It's like, no, we don't want that. We want you to have the ball because we know how dominant you can be in these instances. Where it's, it's kind of rare throughout the season with Nurk. He's putting up 20-plus points. He'll just keep going at it, man. And he... <laughs> It's crazy to see that and one he had too later in the game. <laughs> you know, that little pick and roll. And he just up and under gets hit on the hands. The ball goes in. He's all boop. And one, <laughs> baby. I'm like, what? Is that Nurk with that and one? It doesn't make much sense, but anything is possible right now for the Phoenix Suns when they're, you know, they're, they're kind of cruising offensively. I know defensively it's not really there, but they have to really just keep just building on this offense and just mm-hmm. finding ways to score in different ways and just continue to pound on what works. And tonight it was Nurk, mostly in that second quarter too. Yusuf Workich, am I right? Yeah, I heard um, uh, Tim Kempton. He was he said, Yosef Nurkic. He gets in Yosef. So I don't know if that's like a joke. If that's his nickname, no, Yosef. That's Kempton. Just <laughs> okay. That's just Kempton. I don't know what that was. That's just Kempton having a hard time pronouncing <laughs> things. Sometimes that guy's great. Uh, the one thing that the ESPN pregame broadcast kept mentioning over and over again, because they were having some of those hypothetical conversations. Michael Wilbon was there with Kendrick Perkins, and I forget the gentleman's name who used to work for the Warriors. And they were having that whole conversation. Could this Suns team beat the Nets team that Kevin Durant was on? Because tonight was the 17th game in which the big three plays for Phoenix Whereas the entire time that Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden were together in Brooklyn, they played a total of 16 games. So this game was the line of demarcation that put our big three past the Brooklyn big three. Their their record was 13-3 in those 16 games, and the Suns entering tonight was 10-6. and So that was uh, just one of those conversations that was kind of a moot point. It's unprovable. It makes for good fodder if you're trying to fill 15 minutes of airtime because you've got an hour show before a game. So I see what and why they did it. But one of the things that I guess, even as a Suns fan who watches every game, I didn't even realize this was only the 17th game in which these three have played together. Now, obviously, the win tonight, a convincing win, a quality win, two in a row now after being beating the Heat uh, and puts us on, what, three and three and two on the road trip with two to go. we got the Hawks and then the Wizards. That there's a lot of development that still needs to occur. And 
this team, and it's primarily, as you mentioned, Matthew, it's primarily on the defensive end. That's where the struggles occur for the Phoenix Suns on a consistent basis. And it's not so much anymore a, a lack of switching, like a, 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 hey, I didn't realize that you weren't going to drop on this drop coverage and I was supposed to drop. It's just a lot of miscommunication on uh, on perimeter defense, in my opinion, and on some pick-and-roll defense. And it's not even miscommunication. It's just bad instincts, and that's somewhat of something that worries me. But I will say that knowing that this is only 17 games into our big three, where would you put the Suns on the barometer of success, knowing that they're, what, 11-6 and six now through 17 games? Um, it's hard to tell. I mean, last, last podcast that I did with Suns Geek, I was talking about, you know, I just want to see more. I want to see a couple of weeks. Uh, the thing with uh, the broken nose with Bradley Beal, excuse me, yeah. my voice cracked. That uh-huh. just, it kind of just brought things back a little bit, right? You're not going to get the full impact Beal can bring. Um, so it's hard to tell, you know, you, you kind of don't want to add too much to this team uh, going to the trade deadline. Um, you don't really want to because, you want to see this team play together at a full health because you think it's there, right? Even Bobo hasn't been back, and they said he was going to be back this uh, road trip. Um, so that's a big piece missing for me. Um, Grayson Allen not tweaking his ankle day to day. That's fine. But then Bradley Beal, with what's going on with him, you're just not seeing the full impact. So currently right now, I don't think they're obviously a championship contender. Um, but that's just because we just haven't seen it yet. So I think even like early in the season when, you know, we came on this pod and we're like fire Frank Vogel, we're like something I was, I was talking about something's going to hit Twitter tomorrow. There's going to be a big trade. Katie wants out of here to go from that to where we're at now. I'm okay with where we're at. And like you said, it's only been 17 games. So I think after the all-star game, give it a couple more weeks and see what this team is. But then, of course, the trade deadline is coming up, so who knows what they're going to do there. But I just want to see them in their full impact, and it's going to take a while. So I have the patience. I do. Uh, I'm just not getting too crazy with things. I just know it's it's not fully complete, this team. It's it's kind of like just something's missing. Like Bradley Beal's not even a real player right now. I feel yeah. like, you know what we'll, I mean? We, we, we will get name. into He's that. He's just not a real player. So We, we definitely will get into that. Uh they're a championship contender in my eyes, so I'll disagree with you that. I just don't think that they have a viable chance of winning a championship at at this stage right now. But they're definitely a contender because of the talent they possess uh, offensively. They're just they're they're too potent. And tonight was another example of that. Your fourth option is Yusuf Nurkic. You find that and utilize that as an advantage, and he ends up being your second highest score. And that's where the evolution is really going to come with this team. And it's something that again, when we were excited for all the acquisitions this past offseason we knew that this was lurking eventually is once this team starts to understand their chemistry once this team understands how Devin Booker Bradley Beal and Kevin Durant can play off of each other it will be the players like Grayson Allen and Yusuf Nurkic although we didn't think it was Grayson Allen at the time that is going to truly benefit from their gravity and what we're seeing now, at least what the, the thing that I'm excited to see this evening is the fact that they made an adjustment that didn't involve the big three. They go, and we've seen it before with Grayson Allen, right? I forget which game it was, but it was the one where Grayson Allen, well, he shot, he's made like eight threes or nine threes, like two or three times this season. But those are games where they're making an adjustment going, hey, this is the guy who's got the hot hand. Find ways to get him open. It was nice to see that on the interior tonight. So, yeah, uh, somebody just said in the chat that this is an unfinished product. But I I agree with that 110%. I go back to the fact that this is only 17 games with these guys to play. And B, 
Beals had a mask for three of those games. One of them, he didn't, it wasn't even comfortable. And in my opinion, kind of resulted in a loss because he came back uh, or, and, and in the two losses that we recently suffered one, he came back when he might not have should have went over five from the field. We end up blowing a fourth quarter. And then the second one, uh, the Orlando magic just kind of outpower us and out physical us because that's a team that doesn't match well for the Phoenix suns. They're just, they don't have that ability to match physicality and, and that length and that capacity coming at you the way that the, the magic ultimately did. But this is this is a championship contender. And what we're going to continue to see is the development of these adjustments now, because now that that organic chemistry is slowly developing and people know where they're going to go, you're going to start to see less turnovers, which we're starting to see less of. And you're going to see players getting their name called when the adjustment has been has been made and ultimately they're being called upon like Nurkic did tonight. Yeah, and like guys are getting more minutes too. Like KDB, they're kind of just sticking them in there. Um, I know a couple games ago he played like almost the whole second quarter, the almost the whole third quarter. So it's good to see that because you guys, these guys kind of just need that confidence from the the piled on minutes throughout the game. You know what I mean? Like they can't just put them in spurts. And you kind of see the results now. You kind of see the results in like KBD. Um, Eric Gordon's been on fire lately, but the more and more these guys are playing out there, they, the more and more comfortable they are. There are certain things that KBD did tonight that I haven't seen him do in a while. Um, but also just like, I feel like Fogel's really close to his lineups. Of course, missing Grayson Allen kind of fucks things up, but I think he's kind of close, man. Like you can just tell by the way guys are kind of fitting in offensively, uh, defensively. I just, I don't even know what to say, but (laughs) offensively, you can just tell something's there with the groups he's throwing out there. It's nothing that's nasty. Of course, it's a make or miss league. And those guys come off the bench have been making bigger shots. They've been more physical, um, including Eubanks. And they're, you know, comfortable using the space that is given from the defense due to the double teams. So the more and more they can work on that, the more minutes that they can pile up, dude, it's going to be something I, I'm looking forward to watching. So that's why I kind of just want to stick with this team right now. See what we got. Yeah. And I think that, uh, you know, the bench was huge in Miami. It was huge. And uh, you look at our most recent wins and when the bench comes through, that's when you're really starting to see these more lopsided victories again, 16 point win over the nets tonight. And you know, you get six from drew Eubanks, you get 11 from a Kogi five from Kata Bates, Diop six or two from Jordan Goodwin. But we know that that's in, in uh throwaway garbage time. And that might not be a, a huge number, right? If, if you take away Goodwin's production, the Suns had what 22 bench points. But when you have the entire first team unit, everybody scoring double figures, you need that kind of that sixth guy to score in double figures. We've seen that when we play teams like the Pacers, and I know the Pacers are an outlier, right? They're the top scoring team in the league. But when they they had like six or seven guys scoring double figures, if you can spread out that offense, what I like to see tonight, what I like to see against Miami is, although it's fun to watch Book go for 62 and, and 46, and Katie's <laughs> yeah. got 43 and 40, yeah. we've had five games, you know, I like to see balanced scoring because that is taking advantage of the opposing defense and hurting them consistently. And that that's more of a strategy play versus a volume play. And that's what the Suns again did tonight is they utilized their bench. They utilized their starting team, uh, starting unit, and they were, they had the ability to be effective. One guy who was effective ish. And I have some questions about him. And you mentioned him a little bit earlier is one Bradley Beal. And she said, you're not the only one, but you're the best, Bradley. Bo, bo. 
so obviously with Yusuf Nurkic taking 15 shots, and that is the third most out of the starting unit, Devin Booker took 17, Katie took 16, and it was Nurkic with 15 total shots. Bradley Beal's kind of the guy who has to who had a sacrifice, right? Eight total shots for Bradley Beal tonight. He was only three of eight, missed a bunny right there at the end of, uh, was it the half or the first quarter? I don't recall. But he ends with 12 points. He has five assists. He's got four rebounds, three turnovers, you know, one of three from beyond the arc. Not a great Bradley Beal game, but an acceptable one. The team won by fucking 16 points. So you're not going to sit there and cry and bitch and moan. If you lose by 16, you're like, where the hell was Bradley Beal? But that being said, again, I'm watching the ESPN pregame show, and they're bringing up points about Bradley Beal, which I've I've kind of found unfounded. A, a narrative that they're kind of creating, much akin to what I said earlier, where they're saying, who could win, the Suns now or the Nets in 2021? Let's fucking talk about this for 10 minutes. It was the same kind of thing with Bradley Beal, where they're like, well, just look at Bradley Beal. He just doesn't look engaged. He doesn't even look like he wants to be there. I'm not going to shoot the ball, so why even try? And they're sitting there kind of developing this narrative that he doesn't want to be here because he's not being engaged. But when you do watch Bradley Beal, I ask you this. Should he be more integral in the offense, Matthew? Yeah, but I think I, I felt that too earlier this season. I mentioned on pods where I was kind of worried about him feeling that way. I mean – the guy wants to score. He wants the ball. Um, the way things are played right now, though, with the mask, it's just him being unlucky. And I think that if you look at, man, like the first three games, came back, gets the, gets the back injury, comes back three more games, then, you know, breaks that ankle, almost almost breaks it, and then yeah. the uh, comes back, has a broken nose. So he's paying penance for himself this lifetime, including like 100 more people. I swear this guy's going through it this year. He just wants to play ball. So that's why it's like one of those things like I want things to play out because I know when he's back and he's healthy, he'll be fine. He's going to look like that because he's just frustrated, man. I think wearing that mask and just having your nose broken, it's a pain in the ass. He was playing lights out before that, I felt like, right? And the easy stuff he was missing, like tonight, that one easy bucket you said he missed, he's been doing that all season long. But I think Mm -hmm. um, it's been a little bit better. Um, Just like tonight, though, when you knew his shots are not going to go in and he's just frustrated, just jacking those shots up. He was a little bit more aggressive and entering the fourth quarter. And, you know, he got to the free throw line, had an easy lay in, but it's going to take time for him to evolve when he comes back. So I'm always scared. Like, you know what? The broken nose and the mask thing, they were talking about adjusting it, his nose, his nose. And if it might be something they do after the season, if it's going to be something that he does during the season, I'm not sure if that affects him and he will be out some games. I'm not sure how that works. But that's something in the back of his mind, right? I mean, he had the back issue, the ankle issue, now this. So there's always something going on. And um, it's just what we have, to, we have to deal with. But I think that everyone's going to be talking about the third guy wanting out, right? Not wanting to be here. And I could see why they're saying that. But it's just more to that. It's just him wanting to play. And I don't think the way that Nurk stepped up tonight and Eric Gordon, like filling those, those minutes and the points for Beal, that's just huge, and that's what you want to see in an instance like this where one guy, one one part of the big three, is just kind of shitting his pants right now because he doesn't know what to do, but other guys can step up. So that's big. It's kind of taking just a win out of the situation that it is right now. So I'm okay with the way he is right now. I just I want to know like if he comes back without the mask, can he just be who he was before it? <laughs> well, I, I know it's not pro- a proper stat, but out of respect – for our good friend Dave King. Ooh, dang, stop me. 
How many total games has Bradley Beal scored over 30 points this season, Matthew? Um, it is one. One is correct. Yeah. One is correct. Now, this is a I discourse. <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. You're like scrolling. You're like, um, scroll, 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 scroll. scroll yeah, five points. <laughs> yeah, he had 30, 37 against the Lakers on January 11th. This is where, the, from a discourse standpoint, I think that you and I differ a little bit because I think that Bradley Beal's okay with it because of some of the reasons that you mentioned. He has had health issues. He had a back issue. He from my guesstimation had something relative to nerve damage or a herniated disc or something. Um, so he, he was hurting and then he comes back and then boom, it's the ankle and now it's the nose, right? I mean, Bradley Beal is living up to every aspect of the, of what everyone expected from him, that he was going to be somebody who was going to be injury prone. And, and it's, it, and that alone is its own mental hurdle, but how great is it for him to play on a team where you look to the left there's Kevin fucking Durant. You look to the right. There's Devin Booker. You look down at your phone, and there's Nurkic t- tweeting something funny. So he, like he's got a good team around him that's going to allow him to be successful, even if he doesn't produce, which is much different from the weight that he felt in Washington, where he was producing and the team wasn't successful. So it's it, it might be a different kind of frustration for him. But again, from the outside, looking in, it's an acceptable frustration because he's sitting there and he's probably talking to the guy. Because what he's bringing, in my opinion, is an intangible leadership quality that this team needs. It's not as drill sergeant-esque as Chris Paul, the previous son to wear number three, was instilling upon this team. But it's more of one of vocal accountability and we've seen it in press conferences and you know if he's saying that in press conferences he's having even more in-depth conversations and observations with his fellow teammates about accountability on defense about even when they're winning there it's not enough because they let this slide and that slide so yeah 12 points okay should he be more engaged perhaps off ball movement is lacking at times because a lot of the phoenix suns lack off off ball movement especially in those fourth quarters that's the one opportunity that I see not only for Bradley Beal, but for all Phoenix Suns in the fourth quarter is to just have off-ball movement. Bradley Beal has the ability to just run along the baseline a couple times. If, if Kevin Durant's out there and he's ISOing, run along the baseline. Maybe it'll send a double team towards Kevin Durant. Next thing you know, you're standing wide open in the corner three. You know, that's one thing that I feel like he can control on a consistent basis. And it's not just him. It's it's Josh Okogie when he's out there. I don't expect the same from Nurk. The, the center's going to do what the center's going to do. He's going to be a screener. He's going to be on the weak side, period. But your other wings and guards need to have some off-ball movement. So that's the one area of opportunity. And I feel like ESPN was picking on that a little bit. Because, again, in those fourth quarters, he's standing behind the three-point line. And either it's in the corner or the three-quarter look from three. And he's just watching rather than movement. And they see that as instead of him going being in complete defer mode and be like, that's Devin Booker. That's Kevin Durant. I'm not doing anything. They're saying, oh, well, he's he's going to sit there and just stand and wait. He's just he, he looks disengaged. He's just standing there. No, th- he should move. I agree with that. But I don't think it's from a lack of disengagement. I think it's just him going, you know what? I am going to defer. 
So if there is an adjustment that needs to be made, that's the observation I think that should occur moving forward. I don't think that Bradley Beal's upset. I don't think that he's frustrated in any way, shape, or form. He wanted to be here. He could only go to where he wanted to go due to his no trade contract or no trade clause in his contract. And he's around two people who by this time tomorrow should be both all-stars. Yeah, and Francisco C. Beal is hot as fuck also yeah i agree man mm. it sucks he broke his nose man but it might look make him look even better i don't know um but yeah the, the way he deferred tonight just shows his growth and he, he he fits right in obviously with those three even off the court but it's just it's to a point right now in the season where you just can't really have any takes i just i can't like i just don't know yet right we've seen spurts we've seen them at their peak we've seen seven, seven game, games are, we've seen certain things um like the way they can just come back 20 points down in the fourth quarter, but it's just little things here or there. It's nothing's complete yet. So it's still uh, another half of a season to go. So let's 48, see four, 48 games in, man. I mean, that's all yeah. it is. Now you look at Devin Booker. Big Dick Booker. For Mr. Booker, 22 points on 17 total shots taken. He was 4 of 6 from downtown, however. 9 of 17 from the field. Had 8 assists, so 22 and 8 for Book. 2 steals, 1 block, only 2 turnovers, which makes me happy. 5 personal fouls, which doesn't make me happy. I'll ask you this, I guess. Uh, This time tomorrow, like I said, we should have... They're they're announcing the All-Star Reserves tomorrow. I'm almost 100% sure on that. And I'll ask you this. Is he a book? Is Booker an All Star this time tomorrow, or is he going to once again be on that snubbed <laughs> list that we have to fucking talk about? You know, I could see it going both ways. I could see. I know me too. Why. Yeah, I could see the reasoning why. I mean, he has been inconsistent, but when you look at his stats, they're like fucking amazing. Inconsistent, I just mean like this team's been through it and he's had to deal with it, right? With the injuries to the other guys. Um, him missing some games. So I can see why he wouldn't make it, but I do honestly think he is um, going to make it. But then that means like guys like De'Aaron Fox will, will be out because you have to put in Steph Curry. Um, you have to put in uh, SGA. So it's tough. He'll, he might be one of those wild card spots, whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he, he even showed tonight, man, like him scoring the 22 points and playing just kind of a silent kind of game, hitting some big threes here or there, having a big third quarter with uh, Kevin Durant to really continue yes. the success they had offensively in that third quarter. It just shows like his the way he can play with both those players, but especially KD. I, I just I think that he definitely deserves to be in. But do you think he even cares anymore? Like, to me, I know, like, yes. after he was snubbed, he went off and scored 100 points three games in a row. Like, I, I could see him caring for that reason. He was asked it. And he didn't even say anything. He just shook his head no. But I know he knows he's disrespected. I know that. But does it bother him still? Because before he was like, oh, I need a call from Jay-Z just to feel like I'm a real one or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, with Chris Paul joining the team. Like, he wants to know, like, hey, I'm one of the faces of the of the NBA. I don't think he'll ever get that, man. And that's fine. Maybe it's fine for him now this season or the past two seasons. But I just don't think he cares a shit anymore. I think he cares. I think they all care. I truly do because it's an elite class. And I think that it's a fun experience for them. So he wants to be a part of that. Kevin Durant's going. He gets to see some of his friends when he goes. So I I definitely think that he cares. But again, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. And it's it's something that we may put a, put a little too much weight into, right? Like the whole all-star selection process, no matter what happens and who's selected, someone somewhere is going to be unhappy. 
And that's just how it goes. And we felt it before, right? The Phoenix Suns were for nearly a decade, a team that was like spurlunking at the bottom of the Western Conference. You don't have to go too far back in Suns history, just five years to February of 2019, when the team was 11 and 48 at the All-Star break. Still, the Suns had Book, and he was averaging like 25 points and seven assists, and he was a star, but he didn't make the All-Star team. And he had a weird haircut at the time. So that's the way it goes. Does, <laughs> does making the All-Star team matter? Sure it does. When, when you get into the Pantheon discussions relative to basketball greatness, All-Star selections are part of that argument, right next to All-NBA selections and championships. So it does matter. But does it matter as much as we make it out to be? Hey, man, it's early February. Like, we have nothing else to talk about right now outside of Taylor Swift's flight plan to the Super Bowl. So in a vacuum, no, it doesn't. But given the landscape of conversation pieces, we're going to talk about it. So here we are five, five years later. Book's name is on the bubble of all-star conversation. The difference is Phoenix has a lot more than 11 wins, right? He's averaging 28-something points, almost seven and a half assists now. They become a perennial threat in the Western Conference, partially due to revamped approach to the roster construction versus development. And that's mostly due to who and what Devin Booker's become. So if he doesn't make the all-star team yeah we're gonna people will bitch people will moan uh and, and it goes back to your question do the Suns care does Devin Booker care probably not probably who knows but it'll be interesting to see I think that he is an all-star I think he's elected as an all-star I think that the late push that he's had over the last two weeks will put him in and if it comes down to him being just on the bubble and you have to sit there and wait again for some replacement because remember that Devin Booker is a three-time all-star two times it was an injury replacement one was Damian Lillard one was Anthony Davis and then the third time when he was actually made it the team not elected by fans but made the team Booker couldn't play because of injury so it'd be nice for Devin Booker to like get elected and then go play in the fucking game (laughs) it's just it's nuts and if we want to sit here and try to explain why he is disrespecting this way because he is obviously he should be a a starter i think even over luca man he's i know luca has a stats and shit but the way that booker had to like just take on a new role this year being a point guard in a new system and then maintaining everything that was going on the chaos just that doing with that and i just know the fans don't really care about his ass but he just he has to be a starter every year i just Obviously, I obviously yeah. I the Suns fan, but I just he has to be shooting every year, man. Well, yeah, you, too. Like you look at the, you look it. statistically what Luca does, and I, I yeah, he's horrible to watch as a basketball player, but he's an effective basketball player. If he was on my team, I would tolerate him. That's about it. Luca's Luca's Luca. I don't want to talk about Luca. Let's talk about Kevin Durant. Right. Go back to Brooklyn. Who the heck are you? Yeah, I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. I know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players to ever played a game. I will say that I just got a text from our buddy So Says Jay, and he was listening to the post-game interviews with uh, John Bloom interviewed Devin Booker, and Devin Booker gave a shout out to Dave King. So nice. I've got yeah. to hear I've got to hear that audio. God That's so awesome, man. That's why Devin Booker's the best, man. I mean, I know yeah, we're about to talk yeah. about Kevin Durant. Uh, and, but Devin Booker recognizing what Dave King meant to this community. That's why Devin Booker is the best. Cause he gets this community. Uh, but Kevin, I, go okay. ahead. No, I was going to say, I remember the first time going to the game with Dave and sitting in the media room. He's like, yeah, he's all just, he's all, 
just ask questions like you know what i mean just <laughs> like just that nonchalant yeah you're like just go for it or whatever i'm like okay like <laughs> i don't even know why i'm in this room and i'm pretty sure like gerald mckay is looking at me like why the fuck is matthew gonna see me? <laughs> you know what i mean and like you know and like he was so good at that shit like he was his questions he would ask man like even at media day so great i'm like i would have never thought of that ever in two lifetimes i know dave had the best questions man i'm sitting yeah like just again he just look at everything just a little bit differently so he had these questions that like not only was it a good question but it was a thought-provoking question it wasn't like a softball they're like yeah you know like i love god i love my mom like no they were like really good intelligent basketball questions and it's funny like i was trying to play a clip and I'll, I'll try to play it one more time. And, and Jamsters, be on the ball. Let me know if you can hear this, okay? Uh, playing it now. If you can hear it, give me a thumbs up in the chat. If you Or just say something. Like, I'm not hearing it. Is anybody hearing that? Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Anybody say yes or no? Can you hear it or not? So weird. Yeah, coach said nah. Uh, Channel 12 and Cameron Cox ran a great story on Dave King last night. And one of the last things that, that Cameron said when he was talking with Mark Curtis was uh, when Kevin Durant was introduced on Suns Media Day, which was an afternoon thing where they invited the fans, which is never a good idea, to invite fans to an opening press conference. We all know that. It's nope. just not a good idea. The loudest cheer that wasn't for Kevin Durant was when Dave King asked a question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I was sitting there, I was with So Says Jay, I was with, I think, Dan Duarte, and yeah. a couple other people, I think, were around us. And, I, you know, me and, and Justin were just like, hey, when they announced Dave, when Dave goes, you know, like, Dave King, SB Nation, we need to fucking yell. And we did. And it was so funny because afterwards, Dave called me. Yeah, you know, and he's just like, dude, everybody was talking to me about how I got such a loud ovation. He's like, what was that? And I'm like, you know us, man, we're idiots. Like, <laughs> Dave loved us because we were idiots. And yeah. even, you know, even the last time I saw him, it was me and Justin. We were there and we were being kind. And, and you know, he's he's in hospice. He's not feeling good. And then we just kind of started talking to him like John and Justin do. In that goofball, I'm a jackass mm-hmm. kind of shit. And... It was, uh, and you could just see him light up and start to smile and just kind of have, it's just like, <laughs> these fucking guys. I felt, you know, I'm like, sorry, Dave. Like, there's only so long Justin and I can <laughs> yeah. hold in being Jack. The jackasses that we are, we want to goof around. We want to talk. And that moment was great because, again, Dave King mentioned, or I'm, I'm sorry, Cameron Cox mentioned that last night on the broadcast. I know Gerald Borgay said something the other day on PHNX when they were talking about Dave King. And that moment was 
something that Justin and I we we hold a dear because we were the ones who were just like, and I'm you know me, dude. I'm fucking loud, and Justin's loud. So when they're like, Dave King, SB Nation, wow, it, <laughs> yeah. it was it was so funny, man. <laughs> it was like they loved it. Yeah. They loved. I remember watching it and hearing that, dude. Because <laughs> when you're watching, you can hear really yes. the questions. I, I remember Katie couldn't hear the questions, but you can yeah. hear the crowd. And I just remember when he was introduced. And I remember you texting me about it too. So that's that's awesome, man. And it's funny when we uh, when we saw Dave, we were both wearing our, you know, Dave King is our my son's daddy yeah, shirts. Yeah. And you know, his wife was telling us, she's like, Oh my god, he loves that. I'm like, really? Because I always felt like we annoyed Dave. I know. I always, I was gonna say, I feel like he always was annoyed by those shirts. I know. He's like, 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 you guys got shirts in my fucking, you know, we, we just, yeah. (laughs) It's, it's funny too, because Dave was so honest. Like, he even talked about how, um, I don't know, like, he just, like, yeah, Booker doesn't like the media. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, so I just think it's cool that Booker, you know, even on Instagram, gave a shout out to him. So, yeah, I mean, just massive, massive respect for Dave and, and what he meant to this community um and and i apologize about the tangent but i don't apologize dave yeah. fucking king everybody uh he was he was special man he was beyond special i mean we're here talking to you guys because dave king gave a shit about us and not because you know he liked listening to us somehow <laughs> i always remember you showed me the text the first time when we joined and it was i think it was from justin it was justin and dave and dave king's like how are they and justin's like yeah they're okay <laughs> bring them on no they're okay they're all right bring them on oh man uh i do want to talk about katie i'm sorry uh a couple things i do want to get to biscuits and the bear thank you so much 29 dollars in the super chat retro heat plus tonight condolences truly sorry for your loss listen folks this isn't a loss for me this is a loss for us that's i've had some a lot of people say hey i'm sorry for your no we all lost I didn't lose. We all lost with Dave King. This planet lost. Uh, losing somebody that young and that amazing and, and that caring and that educational and that inspiring and that motivational, we all we all lose. But thank you for the $29 in the, the Super Chat. Uh, Scott Lacey, $4.99, going to save our cash for Brightside Night, but wanted to pour one out for the son's daddy. Amen. Uh, without Dave, I, Dave, I never know about son's Jan. Love your family. Amen. Yeah, if you guys want, go to suns.com, Brightside, and you can donate. I talked to the Suns a couple days ago to ensure that it even because it still has all the the information for this year's Brightside night. So if you're looking at the, uh, it'll it'll say the Kings game for like the 16th, um, which Dave did get to watch. He watched that game with his family, that amazing comeback. He was watching that one with his family um, when he was in the hospital, and they'll they'll all that all those donations go towards next year's bright night brightside night and i guarantee you as the managing editor of brightside.com i will be uh i will be honored it's dave king's brightside night moving forward and i'm i'm really looking forward to carrying on his legacy in that because it's something that's just absolutely unbelievable so back to kevin durant going back to brooklyn night 33 points 10 of 16 from the field 11 of 12 from the free throw line Eight assists, so you get thirty-three, eight, and five. Couple blocks from KD. Three turnovers, two in the in the fourth quarter. Uh, Kevin Durant going back to Brooklyn was the story tonight, at least on the national media level. Was it a story to you? Not really. It was. He even said um, the video, the tribute video. He didn't think he deserved one, and you know he brought them to the playoffs, toe on the line, and all, and they had their moments, but. 
I can see why he would say that, but because like even when he came to Phoenix, man, he was talking about I haven't done anything yet. Like like basically everyone was yes. going crazy for the dude. Obviously you should be, but he's like I haven't done anything yet, and that's how he always feels. He's like I got to win a championship where I'm at. So I love the fact that he's like I don't even deserve a tribute video. Obviously he deserves one. If we give one to Shamit, we everyone I think everyone deserves one. If Shamit gets one, so hey, listen, Shamit came back, and I don't even know if they acknowledged it in the arena. I was at the game. Oh shit, did they not? <laughs> yeah, I don't think they acknowledged him. <laughs> yeah, they, they might have not. <laughs> I don't think they did. No, I mean it was the national story. A lot of people, obviously, if back east, you know, the East Coast cares more about the, uh, everything back there, and they get all the attention, if you will, and that's that was the story, but. I like how he responded to the story. He did it with his play. And Kevin Durant looked absolutely fantastic on both ends of the floor again tonight. And I think that that's something that continues to be a vital part of who the Suns are this year. It's his defensive acumen and execution that has really been helping the Suns when they win basketball games. He was getting a lot of boos, primarily in the first half. It's interesting because you can really understand how much a team hates an opposing player or a former player by how long they boo. Like, there's certain players, I'm trying to think who, uh, like when Markeith Morris comes to town, uh, he gets booed the entire fucking game. Like, fourth quarter, two minutes left, he touches the ball, boo. Do you think the boos were justified for KD? Yeah, I think it's fine. It's just being a fan, right? It's the fan hate. It's not real hate. It's just a fan hate. You gotta let them know. But the thing is with KD and even guys like Booker, like they feed off of that. So I'm not saying that's why he got 33 points. That's a big reason. I'm not saying that's why he didn't turn the ball over. Um, because he that's the one thing with KD, man. Like his turnovers in the in the past, you know, were a thing. And they would kill runs. The team would come back. His defense, though, has been so impactful. But yeah, I really do. I do like the fact that he gets booed. It just makes him feel like welcomed in a way right like he actually still matters otherwise they wouldn't boo if they didn't care yeah they boo because he's not on their team that's what it was uh jam says boo over emotion over greatness uh jo tonight actually had another quality game so he gets his drop a good productive night Coming off the bench for Josh Akogi ends the night with a total of 11 points on four, six shooting, including a three. He hit one of his three threes, but he went 11 and seven rebounds and he had an assist four, six from the field. So he didn't cost you too much for on the offensive end. Starting to see some productive Akogi games. And it's interesting. Two reasons. One, I feel like he plays well in small ball lineups because he's a smaller guy, right? I mean, it's just it just makes sense. He's six foot four. He plays bigger than six foot four, but at the end of the day, he's still six foot four. So when you're playing a team like the Brooklyn Nets that have Claxton in the center and just a bunch of wing players with Din Shitty and Cameron Johnson and Mikhail Bridges, I it, it's really interesting because I think that he's somebody who could take advantage, especially on the offensive boards with those kind of lineups. And the other observation that I had is this is right around the part of the season last year where he started making an impact. You give him a few minutes, uh, 26 tonight, you give him over 20 minutes a game. This is the part, the time of the year last year where he started working himself granted, albeit due to injuries into the starting lineup and into our hearts. And when's the last time you saw the end one, it was in Miami, but before (laughs) that he didn't have one forever. The end one where the, he, he never converts. 
I know he doesn't, but the way, remember before, man, mm-hmm. J.O. was the best at finishing around the rim, drawing contact, and yes. that went away for a long time. Now it seems like it's kind of back. And I think it is the more minutes, just like KBD, man. He had the 19 minutes tonight, KBD did. Yeah. And that's huge because he needs to keep getting those minutes in order to be comfortable. So both guys look better. Um, the threes are always going to be a thing. Uh, when he does make one, I feel like everyone just has an orgasm. It's fucking amazing. I think we won every game he made a three. So I'm just going to say that's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> every time. Yeah, it really is, though. It's such it's so few and far between. Uh, but I, I like when you have a good G-O, uh, J.O. game. I like it when he takes a bony elbow to the face off Mikhail Bridges. I just think that, you know, again, it's it's like like coach says in the chat he's a baseball hitter he just needs two months to warm up that's so <laughs> yeah true. loves the grind like the baseball yeah, yeah he's just like <laughs> if, if if i get a ton of at bats i'll finally you know get a couple yeah. of doubles here and there and that's kind of how it feels with a kogi now i will say that i was hanging out in brooklyn tonight and it was kind of quiet but i went there because it's it's gotham yeah. so i went as the dark knight i hope that's okay with everybody the Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Where is she? Well, I'll tell you this much, Matthew. There wasn't much chatter on the Brooklyn Nets subreddit tonight. Because <laughs> I don't have fans. <laughs> what? Because I don't have fans? I'll get to that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so here, here's what they said on the subreddit for the Brooklyn Nets tonight. If you're new to the show, sorry. <laughs> Matthew dresses up as a furry. Uh, we'll always wish KD nothing but the worst. Come on, guys. Why are you wishing KD the worst, dude? Wish Harden or Kyrie the worst. Why would they wish KD the worst? <laughs> I just don't get it. Eric Gordon gets rounder and rounder every season. He will eventually morph into an actual basketball. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's pretty That's good. That's really good. This is a good one, too. Does Utah get a video, too? Oh, shit. <laughs> remember, Utah won an obvious former Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. yeah he, he got some playtime tonight, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he won them one game. Yeah, he, he got a total of Did he? He uh, one, minute? one minute tonight. Bunch of zeros. Way to go, Utah. We're proud of you. Mikhail is a role player. With the green light, which is valid, you were saying that earlier, right? And I agree with you. He's like number a two, two clutch, or yeah, yeah. He's he's a good clutch player, but he's number yeah. two or number three on a normal team, and he's being relied on. And we, I mean, we've come what fifty-two minutes into the pod. The, the twins, we haven't talked about the twins. He ended with twenty-one points. Cam Johnson had eighteen. Oh well, Not which, brings me, which brings me to my next point. Where is she? Do you think any of the Suns fans would still rather have the Twins over KD and Beal? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We stink and fuck KD. (laughs) Again. And then the last comment, and I was on the subreddit all night. There was just not a lot of comments. The last one, I think it's valid. Our fan base sucks. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. 
Oh my god, that was great. That last one. <laughs> a couple people replied to it. They're like, "Fan base, we've got like two fans." Yeah, I remember. I was just watching. Uh, obviously, just like close-ups of the players of the Suns, and uh, they would show the crowd behind the basket, and like you can just tell how disinterested those those fans are. They're just there to hang out. They can care less about what's going on, man. Well, yeah. Did you see a lot the of beautiful Nets, people though? Did you see the Nets uniforms? How can you root for a team that's got <laughs> uniforms like that? I, yeah, I'm. Um, I don't tell just, me you like them. I like the court. I like the court. I don't mind the court. The fucking uniform. But the uniforms. I like what they do with the colors. But those uniforms are just too much. I do listen, like how they like splash in the colors here or there. Listen, what I I get it. Like every city edition uniform has a cultural significance to the city. I get that. You look at the blue turquoise ones last year. The cultural significance to the. 23 Native American tribes was a great gesture by the Phoenix Suns to recognize the local community in which they operate. That's the the purpose of the city edition uniforms. But when you take that out, when I'm a somebody who knows nothing about what the what and the why behind those uniforms, you're just like, ew. Like it looks like somebody took a bunch of acrylic paint threw it in a washing machine and then threw in a black jersey and then they came out and they're just like there's a splash of blue and a splash of red and a splash of yellow and and then nets in a funky font call it a day you know like (laughs) yeah and and i know that like some kid somewhere designed something and he unfortunately you know uh uh, his parents you know passed away Mm. in a fire or something and that's the what and the why and i get it and i don't want to disrespect the story behind them but just aesthetically it's like the the turquoise ones last year i respected everything they stood for i didn't like like the way they looked they weren't the phoenix suns to me i'm just saying yes like like so says jay says in the chat like buzz's girlfriend woof that's all i gotta say about that yeah yeah Kip, the font is horrendous. Oh, yeah, I was on a text thread with some buddies, and all we were doing was dogging the uniforms after Yeah, that. I don't get the font, like how they change Even the middle of the court, like they yeah. do the whole thing just for that B. Like yeah, the, to make it look like somebody. The Simpsons logo <laughs> font. That's yeah. what it looked like, yeah. 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 So, that's just my two cents on that. Anything else in your notes, Matthew? Mm, no, I think I'm good, dude. I think. I think Eric Gordon's really stepped up a lot, and I just can't oh, yeah, believe how EG. wide open he's been. Like, it, it was nice because he was getting more involved, like every other player, like getting other players involved earlier with three assists in the first half. Then, like, he's just so fucking wide open. Like, it's just insane. So he just looked like he was really stepping into his shot. Right? I think there were a couple games there, three game stretch where he was just so incompetent when shooting those threes, but he looks so comfortable lately. So it's good to see that. It's crazy what happens too when he gets inserted into the starting lineup. And it's just something about playing with those players that lead to him being so wide open. Eric Gordon, six of 10 from the field tonight, including five of nine from beyond the arc. He had 17 points, four assists, and a steal as well. And yeah, he even the double clutch three, that was kind of the nail in the coffin three, where he had it wide open, passed out, and then they passed it right <laughs> back. Like, dude, you got like three seconds left. And he like yeah. double pumped and then nailed it. Uh, that was the the basket that sent Brooklyn back to the dry cleaners to try to get the ugly colors out of their jerseys. I'd like to see <laughs> when he's he he's a great member of the starting unit. It's it, it's one of those things that, given the fact that we're 48 games into the season, it doesn't hurt to maybe when Grayson Allen does come back to try him off the bench for a little bit because he's starting every game he's played in. 
And Eric Gordon's proven that when he comes off the bench, he hasn't really been a productive player. I'd like to see maybe Grayson Allen try to fill that role for about five, five, five to seven games. You know, from that like 55 game mark to like the 62 game mark, just see if it works. See if Grayson Allen can give you some of the same production that he provides with the first team unit with the second team unit. Because Gordon, it hasn't really worked. Something, something. To no, yeah, yeah, I know what you, I know what you mean. That's so tough though, right now. You know what I mean? Because as soon as that happens, there's gonna be chaos. But when Grayson Allen comes back, they'll probably sneak him in off the bench for a few games here. That we'll see what it looks like then. But I think Grayson Allen owns a piece of that lineup, starting lineup. Yeah, in my heart. Okay, well, you can't give him the jam star tonight, so I'm sorry. Jam star of the game. Uh, Jamsters, we're running out of time, so we're not going to read all who your jam stars are. This This is, uh, yeah. The the graphics. I forgot about the graphics, right? Who is your jam star tonight in Brooklyn? I'm going to give it to KD, man. You got to get KD. You, you oh, or Nurk. I don't know. Nurk was. Ooh, good, I'm giving it to Nurk. Nurk I'll changed the Nurk. game. I'm gonna change it. Yep. I don't know if I've ever done that. I'm gonna give it to Nurk. Um, you gave it to Nurk against the Memphis Grizzlies. No, I mean, like, I don't think I've ever changed Denver. Back to back, Raptors and Denver. Ooh, man, you run a wow. You good had stretch. a Nurk, a Noikic Bona there. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> next game we play is on Friday in Atlanta. Don't want to go too much into that just because I didn't research it at all. I'm just trying to get my mind back into basketball right now. So uh, tune in. That's a five o'clock game. So try to get to work early, Matthew, or listen to it. Listen to John Bloom on the I'll drive home. And the first three quarters, I'll let you know what I see. I'll get off at like four that day. I'll try. A uh, couple other things, Jamsters. Again, thank you for your support. Thank you to everybody who said a kind word or just thought about Dave King and his family during this tough time. We'll continue to mention him throughout the entire season. I just, I can't not. Uh, Kip said it earlier. He said, check out brightsideofthesun.com for a couple of heartfelt articles on the man, Jay, uh, Dave King. I wrote one of those. Uh, and so says Jay, Justin from Fan of the Fla- Flames. He wrote one as well. And we really just kind of said how we felt. And it's been nice to see the response to those too. It's not easy to write those kind of things. Trust me. Um but God bless Dave King and God bless you as Suns fans. Matthew, tell them what to do. Yep. Nothing more important than your family. So go home and love them. Amen. Miss you, Dave. MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.